Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, this podcast is all about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Two things before we get into today's episode. First off, when I say this on every show, if you have not already done so, make sure you hit that subscribe button and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And secondly, many of you know that we recently launched the Move the Ball merchandise store, but you may not know that we recently added some new swag. So there's a link in the show notes. Be sure to go check that out. Get yourself some swag and rock that you're a part of the Move the Ball movement. And to those who have already picked up your gear and sent me some photos, keep those picks coming. I love posting y'all rocking the movement. Together we do move the ball. Okay, for today's episode, I've got a fantastic guest with us. Inside the huddle with us today, I'm ready to talk about his experience and what he does to move the ball is Albert Brock. Albert, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Jen. How are you? Doing great. Just human, hot, new Orleans, you know, tip from New Yes, yes, we've talked about that before. Well, I'm excited to have you here with us. We've been chatting for a while now about having you on the show, so it's good to have you here today. Let me just share a little bit about your background for our listeners. Albert is a performance trainer who is the owner of ABX Performance. Something that he is known for is his quick twitch reaction exercises that help to create more efficient, explosive athletes for any sport. And he has trained some of the best of the best including many who are now playing at the professional level. We will talk about that and more on the show. All right, Albert, are you ready to move the ball? I'm ready, Jane. All right. So you're a competitive athlete yourself. You're from New Orleans. You were a former Louisiana State MVP, two-time Louisiana High School Athletic Association 5A state champion in 110, 300-meter hurdles and the triple jump. Like When you look back at just being a competitive athlete, what are some of the things that you've taken away from being an athlete in terms of how you can apply those lessons to being successful in anything you do, whether it's in sports, in business, or life? That's a great question, Jim, because you actually sparked something within your post on social media today within that. So something I took away from being a great athlete is the principles. Principles what it takes to be good at anything in life. So something you posted was it takes 80% nutrition, 20% working out. You say clarity is 80% thinking, but 20% reading. So with that being said, it, it's the principles of what it takes to get where you're going, you know, and if you apply that anywhere, you're successful with whatever you're trying to accomplish. So when it came back to me becoming a state championship again, where I need to be, I just knew it took consistent effort. So I applied that to what then I want to do. And that's a big testament of why I have my complex today. I laid down a plan, something efficient, stayed on the course and, you know, anything's possible when you do that. And you mentioned consistency. Consistency is a common theme on the show that I have with athletes who are on because as you know, I mean, no matter what it is you're looking to do in life, it's that consistency that separates the people that are successful from the ones that 
they may make it, they may be mediocre, but they're not going to be the ones that are elite because they're just not doing what they need to do on a day-to-day basis. And so I ask people this all the time. So I'm going to ask it to you as well. Yeah, I've been a student of the game since I was four years old, the game of football. And I write a lot about strategies and lessons that football taught me to be successful. When you look at your time playing football, were there anything that you take away? I mean, people always talk about the hard work, the discipline, the consistency, the teamwork. Those are some things that you can learn from football and other team sports. There are other lessons that I've taken away. Are there any other things that you've taken away from also playing football that you think have helped you to be successful? Our communication, hands down. I feel like that's one of the hardest parts in life is trying to get groups of people on the same page. That's one of the biggest challenges. And football is what it's all, it's all about down to communication when it's 11 people in the field. And more notable than that, I was a track athlete first, primarily. So that's some, that's the difference. I realized, you know, transitioning from track season to football season. In the track, I didn't have to communicate. It was just me and my work that big, you know, my determination. But football is definitely communication. I feel like that's definitely a challenge in today's age, the lack of communication. So I definitely, you know, promote anyone to join a team sports such as that so they can get those type of skills practiced. Yeah, and that communication, it's not just you know, being able to articulate words clearly. It's about adapting your style as well, because as you know, football and team sports bring together diverse groups of people, right? Just like in business, you've got a diverse group of people that you have to deal with. They've got different personalities, different backgrounds. And so you need to know how to effectively communicate with everybody to make sure you're all on the same page to achieve the objective. Yeah, I was helping my grandma move yesterday and I never realized how frustrating moving is because everyone's communicating. Everyone has to communicate, everyone's hot, everyone's trying to get the same page. So that's just a prime example of communication. Absolutely. And I mean, that's a skill that is important no matter where you go in business, in life, in sports. You have to be able to effectively communicate with the people that you're trying to interact with and achieve something with whatever that goal is. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I might at least know about me, though. When it comes to you know training, the work is the easy part. I'm big on them having themselves as businessmen because, unfortunately, we are the biggest businessmen. Athletes. So when it comes to communicating, coming to sessions, if you want to miss a session, when it comes to being prompt. So, yeah. Now, I mentioned when I read your bio that you have your business. Can you walk us through your journey? Like, when did you decide that you wanted to be a trainer and open your facility? Mm, awesome. It's an awesome question. I don't get that too much surprise anymore. But I realized after three years of college, after three years of college, I ended up flunking out. And I ended up flunking out. Not because it's too hard, because I had a lot of priorities. So I had my baby girl 18. I had two jobs, still being an athlete and going through college. With that being said, after I did that, I had to revamp and try to you know, find another path. So I got certified. And ironically, Deion Jones was my brother's best friend at the time. And he knew of me from high school of, of being as, as well and as I was on the track. So he reached out and said he wanted to train for a combine. This is after he came from Pete Bamarito in Florida. You don't want to know Pete. Pete was one of the most awesome strength conditioning coaches in the country. So um, this is pro day. I prepped him for it. So he went four, Debo went four, five, eight at the combine. The pro day, he came back at the middle of the he went four, three, eight. And from that, that's when I got my traction and been proof of putting there since. Nice. And, you know, we always have that one client that we can remember that really helped us to kind of get more clients in. And so what were you specifically doing with Dion to prepare him to get ready for the combine? With Debo, it was, it was actually just a lot of track mechanics I was trying to, 
platform, just teaching the importance of exerting power, triple extension, how the masters drive things. Because he's so naturally very, very twitchy, you know, for a linebacker. He's one of those new prototype linebackers when he came into the league on 220, 225, 6'1, very, very versatile. So we're just teaching a master's drive things, really. And that's how you got out to 4-3. Nice. And so you've been training for a number of years now. When you look at that first year of entrepreneurship, what were some of the struggles that you faced and how did you overcome them? I'm still fairly new in it. This only my coming August 16th will take a big two years into this business since I had my complex. And with my complex, it gets a lot of traction because we're one of the largest complex in Louisiana. So within it, I'm still trying to grow and learn about taxes, <laughs> learn how to put systems in order, just learning how to pump and always prepare for the next thing. Because one thing with the business is as you're making money, that, that money's constantly going up. You have to keep growing your business. So I have a lot of mentors helping me with that along the way. So you have, you've had your facility for just a couple of years, but you've been training because like Dion's been in the league for a number of years. So you've been training him before that. So where were you training before? You had your complex and kind of walk us through that journey of just kind of starting out even before you had your own facility. So to retract a little bit. So after Dion ran that incredible 438, one of the fastest times all time for a linebacker, I started getting more into my bag of doing field training, speed training. And I was training at some parks, urban areas in New Orleans. Hey, I was just thinking two days ago, like you look at my complex, I have my office surrounded by windows. My daughter's out there playing. And I was reflecting how three years ago, who was the park? She was doing that for probably like five hours trying to just play in the middle of the field. There's no other seat. Field such as Harrah Stadium out here. I have kids come out, charge 20 bucks a session. I've got there for five, six hours. Brutal. But those days paid off though. And I saved every little bit of dollar I had to open my facility. No loans, no, no grants, just money that I got from the community. I reinvested back into the community. I think that's a great story. And I think we all, we all know, like, no matter where we're at and what level of success we've reached, we always remember where we started and what it took to get there. Right. And so that's why I wanted, like, yeah, you've had your facility for two years, but you've been doing this training for longer than that period. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up to Jim because one thing I've been on a lot is that social media is an unrealistic world. And we all see the glitz and the glamour, see where we are now, but a lot of people see the story to get there. So yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of discipline to save up and just be consistent with what I want to do because there was times when I wanted to quit training, you know? I had to do a lot of things for free before I really was able to charge people and understand my value. And I think that those who are on the entrepreneurship path, they can remember a time where they might have thought about, do I give this up and go do something else or not? When you've had those moments, like how did you keep yourself locked in and really focus on, okay, you know what? I said I was going to do this and I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Awesome question, too. You really got me reflecting right now. So I would never forget this feeling. I was working at Drago's. It's a, it's the notable known restaurant down here. I was doing, working at the distribution center. And we had to take these lobster crates, get that lobster off our head with our hands, like five, six pound lobster. It would freaking freak me out. We had to throw them in the water. And I was waking up five o'clock in the morning with this job. And it's just, I just knew something that I didn't want to do for like 11 bucks an hour, you know? So I'll always remind myself that whenever I got the time and opportunities just to nourish my craft and price do I want to do, I do it to the fullest and I look back. So when I got to the point when that job was over and I was training, and I was only training part-time, but that woke me up every day and kept me determined. Also, you know, having a baby girl, that's my number one motive right there. So awesome question, because I tell everyone also, Jen, is that whenever you want to do something, you always have to you know, keep a little fuel, chuck in that back pocket. 
that's always going to be your, your, get, your grit to like get up in the morning and keep continuing to do what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to have that why and understand your purpose and what's your motivation for whatever it is that you're trying to do each day. And then it makes it easier to push through the adversity and whatever challenges come your way. It's not easy being an entrepreneur at all, by any means. Everyone thinks, I don't know why everyone thinks they can do it. I mean, anyone can get up and be an entrepreneur, but you know, every business fails within two years. Like I tell people, I tell my athletes all the time, practice consistency over motivation. Sometimes I wake up halfway depressed. But that consistency is going to get you through. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier, it's the consistency. I mean, whether you are feeling like it or not on a day, you got to show up and you got to be consistent. And some of my listeners know, actually, I'm going to just push a little plug here. I'm almost done with my next book, which is going to come out in the fall. And it's all about showing up the right way to life to go after what you want. And a big part of that is consistency. And I got the inspiration to write the book because I was down in Tampa with a friend of mine who was an agent. And we were talking one day about how he's like, you know, competitive athletes is like, they make great workers because they show up every day, no matter what, if you're not feeling well, or you're sick, like you show up ready to perform because that's what you're conditioned to do. And so I'm the same thing in entrepreneurship or or to be successful in anything, you got to show up and you got to be consistent, whether it's a day that you're motivated and ready to go or not. Yeah, exactly. And even with you, Jen, like we've been networking for a couple of years now via social media. And I know you've been doing your podcast. As we continue to stay in touch, I'm like, oh, she's consistent. Thanks, <laughs> people, to you know. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, it's interesting because people will reach out and they're just like, wow, you know, you get to do the most amazing things and it's fun. And I'm like, do you know everything that I did to get here? And I still have a long ways to go, you know, but it's like, even to this point, there is a lot that people don't see. To your point, people only see what you post on social media and they don't know the grit, the grind, the blood, the sweat, the tears, you know, the rejection, the thoughts of why am I doing this? Do I keep doing this? And so it's, yeah, it's a lot, but you, you just got to, you know, push through, be connected to your why, and then, you know, just be consistent, like we talked about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Something, something we're big on too, with me being in the fitness industry, not just health, it's just overall health. And you know, the mental aspect of it is, is really, very, very, very crucial because social media is very deceiving. You know, they actually, a lot of people think it's glitz and glamour, but people don't, don't post and just, allow you to see what it really takes to get there. So that's something I feel like we should definitely expose on more. It's something I definitely want to do. And I, I have a lot of projects from up there. Yeah. When I, I do speaking engagements, I, I I call it like it's the filtered life. People will post about what they want to. So when you look at that, you can't compare your days to their days because you're only seeing a small window of what they're showing you. And so it's so easy for people. I get so many people that reach out that are just, they feel like they're stuck and they're not where they want to be compared to other people. And as you know, it's all about comparing yourself to you, you know, me versus me, not me versus what they're doing. It's, you know, how can I get better and how can I improve? And so, I mean, you've worked with some really great guys. We've talked about Dion, Trey Turner, Leonard Fournette, Deontay Jackson, guys that are playing at the highest level. Like when you look at athletes like that, what is it about them that makes them special? Now I have a podcast. I tried to attempt before, but I was consistent. So I'm not as good as you. But I settled those guys down before to just get a little tap into their minds. And it's the consistency. And it's, in other words, being persistent. All right. Consistent through adversity, consistent through everything that's going on in everyday life. That's the part, the tough part that separates a mediocre athlete to an, an elite athlete. How consistent can you be through adversity? So that's the main thing they all share in common, honestly. And I like that you bring up the word persistence because I mean that that's also an important word. It's not just about being consistent on what you need to do every day, but it's about pushing through 
and going after whatever it is that you need to push through that adversity. And, you know, if you hit a roadblock, it's finding another way around that. Right. And, and so that's important for any business, any athlete to continue to just keep pushing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell my staff all the time, we can talk about whatever you want at the table, make sure you bring your solution with it. You know, that's probably persistence. Absolutely. So as you know, winning in both life and football is all about overcoming obstacles. Can you share an example of an obstacle that you've had to overcome and kind of how you tackled that situation and kept moving the ball? Oh, Lord. That's a question you get on when you get interviewed for a job right now. <laughs> every day, honestly, every day is something. Let me see. I, I, we just had an incident when we had a little accident at the facility, you know, on two kids running to each other. But that was usually always one. I'm reading this book right now. It's called Relentless. The book is to always have something to dissect down to the last second in case anything was happening. Oh, and within this book, he mentioned that when Kobe Bryant met Karan Butler for the first time, Kobe asked Karan, What would you do? There's 10 seconds left on the clock, five seconds, or three seconds. Karan said he was a couple of years in, been a pro. He's never been asked that question in life before. And with that being said, you just always have to be a step ahead. To know what position you ever be put in to always have a solution for it. I feel like it, it, it don't matter what it, the obstacle, as long as you have a plan or intact or the worst case situation you ever be in. Never think something won't happen. You always prepare for the worst, but expect the best. That's a great, I like that to always be a step ahead. I guess the counter to that would be you can always do this analysis process they talk about and you overanalyze situations. So then you're too busy analyzing and planning for things that might not happen that you don't act because you're too busy stuck in that preparation phase. So I think there's a balance there. You always want to be prepared for and have contingencies for things and be a step ahead of the more likely things that can happen, but you can't get too bogged down in all the details that you never take action. Yeah, because you, you do that, you'll be, you'll be sitting up. And that's one thing, you know, someone's, that's the root of depression, you know, being too stagnant. So I feel like that's definitely a skill we all need to learn. There's always good stuff ahead. You have to. Absolutely. So as a business owner, you're always looking to grow your brand. And we talk about branding on the show and business. And so when you look like, how are you leveraging social media to continue to bring in your clientele? So you don't only just serve competitive athletes, you also have programs for just, you know, the general adult population that are looking to increase their fitness goals and, and just have better health and wellness. So what are you doing to increase your clientele or to grow your brand? That's an awesome question, Jim, because when I first started training, I used to use social media like no one around my area. So that's why I really got the buzz of doing what I do. But now that I'm really into business, like really being a business owner, it's more of treating people well. Honestly, <laughs> that's the biggest proof in the pudding, right? The biggest market to them. And then Giving them the results they want, giving them a great experience so they can tell their friends. As far as social media, I'm using it to push uh, promotions or update people on events. But as far as really getting people indoors, it'd be um, with treating people well. One of my favorite quotes, my Angelo, people also forget what you did, but never forget how you made it feel. So, yeah. Well, I think that's a great piece. I mean, relationships we know go so far in business. Word of mouth marketing is still the strongest, even though nowadays people talk about, you know, having running ads on Facebook or Instagram. And when you really look at it, the algorithm doesn't allow you to maximize your, your followers. It does not. No. Yeah, it doesn't at all. And, and that's, and that's the point of the ads. So you could pay to, you know, get a big outreach to let you tap into all your followers. You know, no point for them to make money through the ads. So that's why one thing I'm learning social media, just use it wisely, use ads sparingly, 
but you know, really get through the mess by treating people who walk through your space very, very well. So they can, you know, be walking soldiers for you when it comes to marketing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, I mean, I get new clients from my business, but I get a lot of referral business because it's about how you treat your clients and the relationships that you build with them and how you serve them. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like that's something they can lose, you know, sight, you know, today's world. You know, social media is, is tricky. I got, I, you can look lit, glam, everything, search me by walking to the business and I like to see the well, no referral. The business doesn't grow at that point. Right. And so, I mean, I think people want genuine people that care about them, that they want to work with. They don't want people that they feel like it's just a transaction and they're just a number. And so, I mean, the more you can focus on building those quality relationships, it will pay you back 10 times. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I used to be a, a proponent of that when it came to just having sessions for the masses of people. People start to feel like a number. So that's one thing I realized because I scaled back on that. Be confident in charging what you feel like that service is worth. So that person can maximize their money and then you can maximize, you know, what you're giving that client. So you bring up an, an interesting point. You talk about charging the client what you feel your service is worth. That's always hard for people to figure out how do I put a price on what it is that I want to charge, right? Because it's tricky. Do I don't want to price myself too low. I don't want, I would like to price myself high, but who's going to pay me that? So you know, if you have any thoughts for people that might be a service-based entrepreneur and thinking about or thinking about going into that space, like what advice would you give them in terms of how they should consider their pricing model? For one, it definitely varies depending on, you know, the demographic of your area, what that is a charging. That's number one. I'm down in Louisiana. You know, I definitely don't like to oversaturate and try to stoop down some market too much in my area. But like I can't charge what they'll charge in Miami or LA, of course. So when it comes to my pricing model, I base it based off of everything my services is consistent of. So we have an on-site chiropractor. I specialize in speed training. I specialize in nutrition for our athletes also. Now, if you want all of that, I break it down in numbers so you can see what you're really getting as a package compared to what everything will cost individually. And you have to be confident, like you said. And another thing that comes to being confident is people they see. People wants to be associated with certain type of people. And this one comes to market. So if I have the Deion Jones and the Dante Jackson, they see I'm giving these guys results. Not even more enticed to, you know, probably purchase those packages. And you have to scale the packages also. You have something for your higher clientele. You have something for your mid-range. You have something for people that, you know, probably want to phone the force two times a week. Some parents probably, you know, can't afford it that much. So you work with different. You ever have a certain pack for different types of you know, people. Everyone's budget is different. Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing. That's some great insight. And yeah, I mean, I think it's important to have different offerings for different clientele. It's also, you mentioned, you know, when people know about who you've worked with, like for referrals, referrals, are, I, I have found referrals will pay your fees a lot quicker than somebody that's just learning about you because they know someone that can provide a, a testimonial or a personal experience of working with you. And so the person doesn't feel like it's a risk that they want to give you their money because they've heard from somebody else how great of a service you provide. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it depends on what you're doing also because me being a trainer specifically, I have at least general, you say we have the chiropractic treatment, but I know at the end of the day, my women or my general clientele is going to keep my lights on. So I keep a certain package, you know, and play for them. When it comes to my athletes, I know what I'm giving. So this is the standard price. Absolutely. So as you look at, I mean, I think it's important for us to always be challenging ourselves, always to be thinking about what's next. 
How can we continue to elevate and grow, whether that's in business or just other things you want to do? And I know you've got some great things that you're working on rolling out. Share with us what kind of what's next for you. Something I'm most, most proud of, something that's going to allow me to keep continuing to grow my habits. So ABX, um, Elite Sports Management Team. Management team, we're specifically focusing on marketing our athletes and putting them in the greatest spotlights to take advantage of the NIL opportunity. So with that being said, um, it's something I've done for myself. You know, I've been 27 and, and growing my own complex, my own name, my own brand is the marketing side. So I network with got a lot of relationships over the years so we can create the best team for these athletes. We have a financial manager. We have a content guy. We also have a criminal defense lawyer. We also have a mental health specialist. So these athletes get the best of both worlds so we continue to grow them past their careers. Well, I think it's important. You, you've got a great comprehensive team there. I think what's important that I, I like, I mean, the financial piece is great. The criminal defense piece, hopefully they don't have to use that part. But the, the mental health resource, I think, is so important because, as you know, I mean, it, it's a tough place to live today anyway. But layer on the life of being a competitive athlete that is looking to hopefully take their career to the next level and go pro. I mean, being a pro athlete, as you know, is a very tough business. And there's a lot of mental components to that. And you have to be mentally tough more so than just the average person, I'll say. So I think having that element to your team is a value added resource for sure. I, t- I tell my athletes all the time, they're like, once you get to another level, it's like you, you hit the reset all over again. It's like you're in high school, you're the best athlete on the team. But once you get to college, now you're for everyone who is the best athletes on the team. So it's reset again. Now you're at the bottom of that chart. Same thing once you go pro. I just seen some guys who, when I went to high school, they was the best player I've ever seen. But by the time they make it to the NFL, they crumble mentally. Because you're constantly hitting the reset because you're dealing with bigger demons and bigger blessings. So it's, it's bittersweet. You just got to know how to balance it all. Absolutely. So, Albert, what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. First question is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, when I was 10 years old? I don't know. I just knew my name on bells. I didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> All no. right. Next question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? Caring, calm, and determined. Very, very determined. Okay. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? Oh, Championship, Meek Mill, easy. Well, you answered that one real quick. Championship, yeah, every day is a championship, yes. Nice. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I think how much I carry on because I'm so determined. I'm so who like when you talk to me, see, I'm really always down to business, but I do a lot for people. So I feel like you have to look at my field. Nice. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? You already mentioned a book, but you got another one or a podcast? Relentless and Move the Ball More. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. My next question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Tom Cruise, Drake, and Denzel Washington. Oh yeah, Denzel Washington. And why those three? Because Denzel is the most wise guy ever to me. Cruise is... I don't know. He just seems like one of the most coolest guys. And Drake is very, very determined. So, <laughs> Great three choices. Okay, my next question is, do you sing in the shower? No. Oh. I didn't hear myself sing. I, I just... <laughs> I don't sing. I hum. I okay. hum very well. All right. So as we look to close the show, let people know, where are you at on social media? How can they follow you on your journey? Um, social media, my personal page, AB underscore explode x p l o d e 
business page, ABX Performance, Twitter, ABX Performance, website, abxglow.com. And we will have all of those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. One thing I was going to ask you about, because again, we do talk about business and brands. You chose to call your company ABX Performance. What, how did you come up with that name? I mean, obviously your initials, but why did you settle on that name? I've never been asked that before. I will never forget. I was 19 years old. Told my friends to start training. He's helping me up with the name. I'm saying AB Speed. He's like, nah. I'm like, AB Lifts. He's like, nah. So I'm in church one day. He texts me, AB Explode. I was like, oh, what made you say that? He's like, because you're the most explosive person I know. So ever since then, AB Explode. <laughs> nice. Well, that is a great story. You should not be paying attention to your phone in church, but I'm glad that uh, your friend <laughs> have to come up with a great name and you're doing well in your business. And I can't wait to see uh, all the great things you continue to do. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you so much. And it's awesome. We're definitely going to stay updated on. I'm going to stay updated on your podcast. So it's awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Any last thoughts for our listeners? Be great. Do whatever it takes. That's it. Plain, simple, but powerful. Yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Amy, for joining the show today. All right, Jim. Thank you so much. For that. Thanks so much again for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Until then, do a few things. One, hit that subscribe button if you have not already done so. Two, share the show with a friend or two or three. That's one way you can help me to move the ball. Go check out the show notes. Check out Albert's social links. You can stay connected with his business. You can check out the Move the Ball merchandise store and get yourself some swag. And we will catch you on the next episode of the show. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.